is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. Oh, yes, everybody. This is the Flex Network back again with another one of them things. And I am joined here today by Steezy A. Smith. This is the Steez Show. Steezy, where can everybody catch all the things that you do? You do a lot, man. You're out there. Hey, Matt, I really appreciate it, bro. It's a pleasure being on. Thanks for having me on. Um, to everybody out there, you can find me at Steezy A. Smith. Ask DZ Smith, excuse me, on all socials, primarily on YouTube. I don't just talk Hawks. I talk rest of the NFL, NBA. Like he said, I try to get out there as much as I can, try to cover as many sports as I can. Uh, the name's Calvin Domingo, though, a.k.a. DZ Smith. Steezy A. Smith. That's a that's an incredible name. You know, when when you came into the fold or at least a part of the fold that we got going on, you'd be posting on our Flex Network all over the place, man. Your videos are incredible. I really enjoy what you do. Everybody needs to check this guy out here. Um, but we have a little bit of breaking news here, Steezy A. Smith. Give me just a second here. <laughs> The Falcons traded Matt Ryan. I mean, geez, I it it seems like this is the off season just to get rid of your get rid of your hometown guys, right, Steezy? I mean, you and I are both from the rainy city or outside the rainy city. I don't know exactly where you live, but I'm sure it's near Seattle. Am I correct on that? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm probably like what twenty minutes away. Yeah. See, I are you north or south of Seattle? I'm south. Okay, I'm north of Seattle, so we're about an hour away from each other, probably. Okay. We should probably hang out. I might catch you on the court someday, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> hey, but, bro, I still, get down, I still get down on the court, so, you know, let me know. <laughs> it's raining here a lot lately. It's actually been colder than I can remember it. It's like late March. Usually starts to warm up a little. It's freezing out here lately. But what do you think about the Falcons trading Matt Ryan? Now, it's a cheap deal. Apparently, it's just right. for a third-round pick. So the Colts uh, seem to upgrade everything they have this year at least, maybe next year as well. But the Falcons now way ahead of the Seahawks in the I think they have the seventh overall pick. And I am just I'm just shivering in my timbers here because I really wanted the Seahawks to draft Malik Willis. But now it seems like both the Panthers and the Falcons are in the QB hunt ahead of the Seahawks here. So first, what do you think about this for Michael Pittman and the Colts? And then second, who do you got for the Falcons in the draft here? Man, as for the Colts and their offense, I just I don't know if this is a step forward. You know, and I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than a Matt Ryan, but we all know that with the Carson Wentz, he pushes the ball down the field. With the Matt Ryan, he's what like 36 going on, 37. His arm, his arm strength is on a decline. And outside of a Michael Pittman, there's no other receivers out there. I know the offensive line's elite. I know they have a JT. I know the defense is elite. But I think to really optimize his performance, he's going to need some more receiving talent around him. Um, I, I think Michael Pittman's value is going to be okay, though. It'll be volume-based, I feel like, just because he probably is the only receiver in Indianapolis. Um, as far as your second question, were you asking who was better? Sure, yeah. Between Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz? No, I was just saying, wh what do you think about the Colts or no, sorry, the Falcons now ahead of the Seahawks in the draft going for a QB. 
you know, I'm I'm not I'm also intrigued, just like you. I'm also intrigued by Malik Willis, but I just feel like even at number nine overall, even if he's still on the board, I feel like we'd have to take back to trade back if we wanted to maximize the value there. So I'm not super scared of Atlanta or Carolina taking a Malik Willis. If they do that, then I'm fine taking, you know, like a Matt Corral. I know we're going to touch on the quarterback carousel, you know, later on. But I'm cool with taking a quarterback sometime or somewhere in the second round, in the middle rounds. I feel like there's a couple of guys that I like. I'd rather address, you know, offensive line, secondary, uh, defensive line, something like that, especially at number nine overall. But if Malik Willis does fall, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. I just feel like we could maximize value if we were to trade back. But obviously in this case, I don't think that'd be the case. Right here, our our our, bo- our boy clipboard Jesus here, for, former native to the area, says my four foot frame is stellar on the court, and that is absolutely <laughs> the truth. That is absolutely the truth. Basketball, my first love. Sonics hat, you know what I mean. How can you not Sonics jersey in the back? You know what I mean. I'm a Sonics truther, heart to heart Sonics fan, you know, and we had talked about earlier, Russell Wilson leaving Seattle this year is, is akin to when the Sonics got sold to Oklahoma city, very much the same feeling around here. Uh, we, we, our team will probably never be the same. Who knows? We're going to try to catch magic in a bottle, but Steezy, you're on the show here today. We've got a little segment that we like to call flex plays. Um, now, now generally we're speaking about flex plays on the week, but I think having you in really just talks about flex plays on the season for people that, uh, can get tuned in to NFL or at least drafts, dynasty redraft, whatever it may be. Uh, I'm going to ask you some, not necessarily rapid fire, but I just want to hear some takes that you have. So give us just a second here, Rick. All right, Steezy, another trade recently. Now everybody's talking about this one. Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. Okay, I would have to say that Cleveland probably got the better end of this deal um, just because I feel like Baker Mayfield, and we'll talk later about Baker, but I just feel like if they traded three first for, for Deshaun, they could probably get one back for Baker, maybe. I mean, if Josh Rose and Sam Darnold is fetching twos, then what is Baker fetching? You know what I mean? But in Cleveland, with the Deshaun Watson trade, who benefits most in Cleveland? It got to be the Browns. I mean, this franchise has been literally the bottom of the barrel for the last, I don't know how many years. I know Baker Mayfield definitely deserves a little bit of credit for giving them the first you know, playoff victory at who knows how many years, but they weren't going to win a Super Bowl with the Baker Mayfield. And so with the quarterback, as massive an upgrade as a Deshaun Watson is to Baker Mayfield, I got to say the Browns. I I mean, this team has been searching for a quarterback forever now. I feel like this team was really a quarterback away. I I think they have all the pieces in place. They have an offensive mastermind. They have an elite ground game, an elite offensive line. They have an underrated defense. They got stars on defense. Now they play in a tough division. But when you have a top seven and top ten quarterback and you have all these weapons around him, this team around him, I mean, it has to be the Browns. I feel like this really takes them from wherever they're at to Super Bowl contenders just like that. 
Yeah, you're right. You know, I was looking for like a player answer into this, but the whole organization of the Browns benefits in this deal. I mean, I, I agree with you, especially when, you know, again, talking about the Russell Wilson trade, when you trade a couple first round picks for a guy, well, yeah, this year we get the ninth overall selection as a Seahawks fan. Um, but the next couple years, you'd have to assume if Russell's taking him to the Super Bowl or playoffs and you're getting the back half of the draft, first round picks which you know you could maybe hit on or not the Seahawks but I mean the Browns are trading away a potential opportunity in the 18 to 32s so you're right now I think who benefits the most from the Deshaun Watson trade is actually going to be the running game Mm -hmm. uh, in Cleveland now the running game's already been great right but with Baker Mayfield sticking it up on the field then it you know that you can bring that extra defender in the box and now with Deshaun Watson and you you really can't you know and and so Amari Cooper Anthony Schwartz Donovan Peoples Jones we can get those guys down the field and actually open up the run game for the Cleveland Browns yes DZ we're on fire here next is the starting QB currently on the roster for the Seattle Seahawks answer that question first man in 2023, in 2023, is the starting QB on the roster right now as it sits? Right now, yes. I'm going to have to say yes, and that's not me, you know, showing any sort of belief in a Drew Lock. I'm kind of just going off of, you know, what I feel like the front office is trying to do, and it seems like you probably saw their press conference from last week, but they're really trying to give this guy another chance. I mean, you heard Pete Carroll emphasizing second chance, second chance, second chance, second chances. And so with Drew Locke, he still has a little bit of untapped potential, right? And I think he looks like obviously a prototypical quarterback, 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", massive arm. Yes, he's inaccurate. Yes, he's a, he's a mess under pressure. Uh, he has a lot to work on, but I just feel like Pete Carroll did also make a point to emphasize this four and one in his first five games, seven to three touchdown to INT ratio. Um, but then after that, his offense coordinator was let go. Never really had much of a team around him. Guys didn't really have any faith in him. And so I think with Drew Locke, he's going to have a ground game around him. He's going to have the best you know, set of weapons around him. He's going to have a coaching staff that believes in him. And so I think as of right now, yes, I'd have to say the starting quarterback is currently on the Seahawks roster, and that's in the form of Drew Locke. Yeah, you know, I I definitely also believe just knowing the Seahawks, just knowing how the team is, you know, they're I think they're riding behind Drew Locke. I think the idea was, yes, okay, if we're gonna get Drew Locke, he still has something to show, something to prove. We might as well throw him out there, right? But the answer, you know. It seems like sometimes the answer may be that we might be bringing somebody else in. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo seems to still be out there. It seems like the idea is that they have a two first-round pick offer that John Lynch has not accepted. And word around the NFL is that one GM told John Lynch, hey, if you got an offer for two first-rounders, you should take it right now because ain't nobody's paying that. Would I pay a first for Jimmy Garoppolo? Absolutely not. Would I pay a first for Baker Mayfield? Absolutely not. I just don't think outside stadiums uh, fare good for Baker. It's proven. It almost seems like that Baker probably can't get the ball downfield in the wind. 
or the rain. But um, would I pay something for Jimmy Garoppolo? Would I give two nine for Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know that I would do that, you know, because that's a nice pick in this draft this year. That could be a Desmond Ritter. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. But do you still see in, in my second part of this question, do you still still see the the Seahawks drafting QB at nine? If there is somebody you like there, I mean, we've seen them reach. The Seahawks are a reaching organization at your top 10 overall pick. Do you see somebody there that they will just select if he's there? Or do you really think we'll either trade back like we always do or just draft whoever is best player available? Man, this one's tough, you know, because it's been such a long time since Seattle's had a top 10 pick. And yeah, while they do have a tendency to trade back constantly, you know, we haven't seen them with a top 10 pick. And so if there is a prospect that they're in love with, you know, I, I like a Kayvon Thibodeau. I, I don't know if he's going to be there at number nine. He's probably not going to be there at number nine. But if he's there at number nine, best believe Seattle's staying put and, and taking him. I think his talent, his upside is absolutely immense and through the roof. But I feel like as it pertains to quarterbacks, I think Seattle's better off waiting, like I said at the top of the show, either in the second or third round. If a Matt Corral falls there, a Desmond Ritter, if he falls there, in the middle rounds, you have a Carson Strong. And so there are still options to go. I just feel like with Seattle, they want to be able to build around a Drew Locke. And so you got to, you know, fortify the trenches. You got to fortify, you know, the defense. You got to be able to surround him with the most amount of talent to, to succeed. And so even if they fall in love with the Malik Willis or somebody at number nine overall, I just don't think, like I said earlier, the value is there. I, I feel like this draft, like everybody has been talking about, is really deep on the trenches, both offensive and defensive in the secondary. And so because Seattle still has holes at those particular positions, I think Seattle's better off doing that. Now, if they were to trade back, I'd say Philadelphia will be a, a prime trade partner. I mean, they got picks 15, 16, and 19 in the first round. And so let's say Seattle packages, you know, number nine, let's say 41 to Philly for like 15 and 19. I think that'd be a great deal. And then maybe if Seattle does that, maybe I think that indicates that they're willing to take a quarterback with one of those picks. And then with the second first round pick, then you address or, or fortify you know, something along the lines of interior alignment, both defensively or offensively. Thibodeau, if he is there, we have to go him, smash it, right? Oh, yeah, easy. Easy smash. You know, uh, today everybody was, not today, but recently everybody was poo-pooing Aiden Hutchinson's bench presses. You know, just uh, apparently his coach was touching the bar. The guy had cleats on the field while he was lifting. And then you had Kayvon Thibodeau, who was just manhandling it up there. I mean, I seem to really enjoy when the post-combine dips on players, if if Thibodeau falls to nine when he was pre-draft number one, or sorry, pre-combine number one, you would have to smash the button on that. I mean, that's everything we've been looking for for the last 10 years, it seems like. On to the next, easy. Derek Carr, top 12 QB, yes or no? Oh, yeah. I thought he was top 12 before the Devontae Adams trade. Count it. Count them on your fingers right now. Quick Kyler QBs? Murray. Okay. Right. Russell, mm -hmm. Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Um. Keep Lamar. going. Lamar. Herbert. Tom Brady. Who'd mm -hmm. you just say? Herbert. Herbert. Easy one. Right. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Okay. Um, keep Matt Stafford. Stafford. Stafford's got to be in there. Dak is ten. Right. And then. Okay. Ooh, I feel like we're forgetting somebody. Oh, Josh we're, Allen got to be in there. Josh, Josh Allen's Allen 11. There. So you're saying Derek Carr is right there. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Next. It's got to yeah. be next. Yeah. Okay, well, uh-huh. with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Ooh. right? I mean, the running game, uh-huh. Josh Jacobs. I mean, who who's going to deny Derek Carr this year? Hey, that's a great question, you know, and I, I feel like a lot of people are, are very quick to forget about this, but let's not forget back in 2016, he was a prime MVP candidate before he broke his fibula. And who guess who his best receiver was that year? Michael Crabtree. Oh, that stinks. And he, right. And he had a damn near MVP season with Michael Crabtree as his best receiver. And, and you got folks telling me that Devontae's not going to do anything in Vegas because, oh, he got a way worse quarterback in a Derek Carr. What are we talking about, bro? He's playing with Hunter Renfro, made the Pro Bowl last year. Darren Waller, top three, top four tight end. Devontae, the best receiver in football. Josh Jacobs, a top 10 running back. I could go on, but Derek Carr is severely underrated, top 12 before and after the Devontae Adams trade, no doubt. Dang, that is, that's a great take. I mean, you're you're totally right. And then another thing is I think people are really sleeping on their cu- uh, college connection because exactly. re- realistically, we really love Derek Carr coming out because he was able to just bomb downfield to Devontae Adams, and they really hooked up well. Another thing is they played QB in Vegas together, okay, uh, or they played college uh, game ball in Vegas, and now they're in a dome. Okay, so Devontae Adams played outside in the snow for (laughs) his whole entire life, it seems like, after college. So now he's inside, and he's going to tear up defenders. Okay, that contract is ridiculous, and I don't disagree. It may be a slight bit overpaying. Um, not, I mean, not really. He's, he, he's a franchise guy is going to sell every single Jersey in the building. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if Derek Carr can, ascend this year then you're going to see this late breakout and for the next five years at least hunter renfro getting the best benefit from this because if he was already open all day long now imagine what's going to happen when you can't put two or three or key anybody else on him because you're already putting two or three on Devonte adams steezy pick one raiders chiefs chargers broncos you know I want to go the Chargers, but until they show me, you know, a little bit more than just talent on paper, because we all know they have history of chargering things up, right? Oh. And I, I love Justin Herbert. I, I love him. He's a bad brother. JC Jackson. JC Jackson. Hey, look, I, I'm not. I'm not knocking the J.C. Jackson signing. He's definitely a top five cornerback, but it's just for me, it's been a while. Outside of Tom Brady, I haven't really seen a whole lot of free agents succeed, you know, to the level. Uh, to the to to the same level of success in New England, it seems like every time a player leaves New England, they're never really as good unless you're a Tom Brady. And so with the Chargers, like I said, like I was about to say, they have a history of charging things up. And I hope that's not the case with the Justin Herbert because I'm a big fan. You know, I love his game. I love what he does. I think he's special. But until I see that change on the football field, I can't go. I can't go Chargers. And so this is gonna sound crazy, but. You know, I'm going to still ride for us, you know, and and not and that's not the only reason. I'm going to have to say Denver for right now. Let's ride. Russ's new catchphrase. You <laughs> oh, know, me me and, and my best friend, uh, he lives in Orange County. We're just big. See, we met in Vegas on a random happenstance chance meeting, bumped into each other. He liked my Seahawks hat. We exchanged numbers. 
at a UFC fan expo, been friends for the last eight, nine years. Uh, Seahawks fans to the death of us. I mean, go Hawks has been Russell Wilson's moniker since the beginning of time. The second he shows up in Denver, he's got a new slogan. Let's ride. (laughs) Okay. And, and it's, and it's breaking my heart because I mean, I got a root for the Broncos now. I have to, okay? It's not like Russ did anything wrong. You know, he's a great guy still. I got a root for the Broncos. So, man, do you think they're going to be able to put up 35? I mean, because that's the thing. You got to put up 35 to beat a Mahomes. I mean, you just have to. So, Russell Wilson's not necessarily known for putting up 35. Now, that just could be the scheme. You know, but you're betting on the Broncos this year. That's a hot take, I think, a little bit. Uh, next, can Mitchell Trubisky succeed in Pittsburgh? Wait, real quickly, but I'm not trying to dwell on past topics, but I do just want to say, yeah, same. I'm very fluid, especially when it comes to the AFC West, because I know the other day I actually had the Chargers as number one. And so I know for some people that might be following me, they might be like, yo, he's he just went with the Chargers the other day. Now he's going with the Broncos. He's I just want to say this. I'm not married to my statements. And however I'm feeling that day, you know what I mean? I'm going to go off of that. So <laughs> just, to, just for future reference, because you might ask me the same question, you know, maybe a month from now. I might say the Raiders. Because honestly, I wanted to say the Raiders. But I feel like that'd be a crazy take. So I'm not going to go there just yet. Um, but for your new question, you were asking about Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky. Can he succeed in Pittsburgh? Because Pittsburgh seems to be left out. Of the QB market right now, I just think there's too many options ahead of Pittsburgh unless they're willing to trade the farm, which I was really hoping that that would happen to to the Seahawks at nine. I thought if the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to trade up, we would be happy to take something for them. But Mitchell Trubisky lit up the preseason last year in Buffalo. Okay. He lit up the the whole entire NFL in his rookie year. He 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 did pretty good. I mean, all things considered. Um the guy's a mobile quarterback. Uh they have a run game there. They have stellar receivers there. So it's everything Mitchell Trubisky could want. But can he succeed? I'd say he can. I I just don't know if I'd be willing to put money on it. I mean, like you said, they have a whole bunch of pieces in place. But the offensive line is still a mess. And that offensive line was one of the worst in football last year. I know there's still the draft to be able to, you know, to fix some of the holes on the offensive line. But until that's addressed, I can't definitively say, yes, he will succeed. I know and I understand he's only 27 years old. And I know Mike Tomlin is one of the best in the business. Hall of Fame coach, easily. But his track record is he's known for being a defensive guy. And so I know he's going to hire and bring on, you know, offensive coordinators, like offensive staff guys that, you know, that could – primarily focus on his development, but I just don't know if Mike Tomlin or this Pittsburgh Steelers team is the right fit for him to really optimize, you know, his skill set or to really bring the best out of him. Now, I could be wrong. You know, they could have some guys that fly under the radar on the coaching staff. I don't know their entire coaching staff, but if you had to ask me right now, I'd say, yes, he can, but I wouldn't bet on it. Not a betting man, Steezy, or are you? Oh, I definitely am. Okay, not betting on Mitchell Trubisky. And our last one, post all of these trades, I mean, with the Matt Ryan one even today accounting in, who's your most valuable, like best value player in fantasy drafts? We're talking redraft in 2022, post all of these trades. Who Who is a guy that you might, I mean, it can, and it could be, hey, I'm going to pick, 
Cortland Sutton in the third round. That could be a value. I mean, who knows? Oh, yeah. I mean, put your plant your flag on one of these value plays this year. Man, but I got to say, I got to say DeAndre Hopkins. You know, I know he's getting older. I know he's coming off an injury Mars season. But if I'm not mistaken, I'm seeing him go in the fourth round, in the third round, you know, of, of typical standard 12-team leagues. And so you're getting them in the late 30s, early 40s, late 40s, early 50s. I feel like it's going to be tremendous value. He's been a wide receiver one for practically his entire career. Christian Kirk is gone. A.J. Green is gone. Rondale Moore, is, I think, is he's still – has a long ways to go. They re-signed a Zach Ertz. They re-signed a, J- a James Conner. But I feel like with Kyler Murray having gone through all this offseason drama, he's going to be reinvigorated. He's going to be reinvested into this football team. DeAndre Hopkins, everybody's forgot about him. And nobody talks about him anymore when we're talking about the top five best receivers in football. And so I feel like he has, you know, a little bit of uh, – he has a little, you know, he has a little bit of, a, of of some weight on his shoulders to carry. And so I feel like he's eager to prove to the world that he's still one of the very best that this, you know, game has to offer. And I think a lot of people are forgetting about him. But for those of you guys that are fortunate enough to land him, you know, in the late 40s, early 40s, early 50s in fantasy football drafts, I think you're going to reap the benefits to the tune of a wide receiver five. I mean, a wide receiver one season next year. That That's a great take because you're right. I have, De, De, DeAndre Hopkins has been completely forgotten about. And oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a great thing for us. I mean, realistically, because you're going to let guys like a Cortland Sutton be drafted over a DeAndre Hopkins and just sit back and let it fall to you. I mean, you it doesn't have to be hard, Steezy. It doesn't have to be hard. Well, those were Steezy A. Smith's flex takes right here, man. All right, Steezy, we're going to go ahead and turn back time, okay? We're going to go a little bit before the combine, okay? If I could turn back time. Now, this may not have been everybody's consensus, but generally in the fantasy sphere, they had Traylon Burks as your number one wide receiver coming out of the draft. It, it generally went Traylon Burks, Drake London, and Garrett Wilson. One, two, three. Some people had Olave mixed up in there. Uh, Wilson, Olave, almost interchangeable. But it almost seems as if it has somewhat flipped. Now, I'm talking fantasy. Okay, I'm talking dynasty because – it's been almost standard book at number one pick wide receiver this year is going to be Drake London. That's the football. That's the NFL first overall wide receiver taken. But in fantasy football, it was Traylon Burks. Now it seems to have flipped a little bit. Garrett Wilson seems to be going number one wide receiver in dynasty drafts this year, and then Drake London, and then Traylon Burks. But Traylon Burks seems to be falling. But if Burks, who is getting mocked to the Dallas Cowboys right now, if Burks goes to the Cowboys with Dak, would you, or what do you feel about him in comparison to Drake London getting drafted by the Jets and Garrett Wilson getting drafted by the Commanders? which obviously are worse landing spots for real football. I mean, it just doesn't seem like those two guys are going to get as much uh, juice coming out of the draft versus Traylon Burks going to the Dallas Cowboys or even the Buffalo Bills. I mean, imagine oh something my. like that. So so who, who do you have as your number one dynasty wide receiver? And 
should people put a little bit more respect on Traylon Burks's name, even though his combine didn't necessarily help him very much, uh, as opposed to his pre-combine rankings? You know, to answer your first question about I hate to be that guy, but until I know where these guys land, it's hard for me to definitively say, oh, yeah, I'm going to take this guy, you know, number one in dynasty drafts as it pertains to the wide receiver position. I guess if you just had to ask me, I'd stick with with the Drake London. But if he was to go to the Jets team, I'm not taking him first overall. And if Traylon Burks was to go to the Cowboys, I don't care what he did, you know, in the combine. I don't care what he did after the combine. I got to take a Traylon Burks. I mean, you got to take the guy who plays in the much more superior offense. The Cowboys lost Amari Cooper. They lost Cedric Wilson. And and they've lost offensive linemen. And so you want to go with the team that has, or that's set at quarterback. They have other weapons in CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. And so you have guys to kind of take them away from defenses. Um, And so for me, it's all really dependent on landing spot. But independent of that, I would go with a Drake London. But let's say he were to go to the Jets, I wouldn't feel so happy about taking the first overall, at least amongst the wide receivers. All right, I got we got a comment flying in here from the gray area. This is off topic, so we're but we're gonna answer it here. Took over an orphan team. <clears throat> Dalvin is my biggest value player. What is good value in return that this player uh, would maybe garner if he's trying to look for uh, value? from moving off of Dalvin, and I would assume that's Dalvin Cook, I would assume that. Uh, what do you think, Steezy? Uh, now, obviously, it's kind of tough. I don't know what the rest of the structure looks like on your team, right? I mean, do you have an RB2? Who knows, right? If you have zero RBs, I don't know that I would move off Dalvin Cook at oh, all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. what's what's uh, what's value you know, to the team? But go ahead, Steezy. Who, who might you be looking to trade uh, Dalvin Cook for? Uh, considering t- taking over an orphan might be uh, drafting rookie picks or getting rookie values on it. So what do you think? Man, that's crazy. I, I just want to say quickly, uh, I just took over an orphan team recently as well, and Dalvin Cook happened to be one of my running backs. I had is this your offers. team, Steezy? This is a guy in your league. He, he's asking just to know what you would get for the guy, this guy. Hey, I, I, he could be. I, you never know. <laughs> so um, I, I feel like with a Dalvin Cook, like you said, bro, I'm doing everything possible to keep him. But if he's snacked, if he's loaded at the running back position and you want to go a little bit younger, you want to go with a guy who, who you feel like isn't going to be as injury prone, then go for it. As far as value, this is tough because I'd want a little bit more than just the first round pick. I'd want a first. Oh, he said this team traded all their picks. I have zero picks. Oh, okay, so now he has a little bit more incentive to, to acquire – more picks okay well while he's still in the chat if if i may do you have any other running backs yeah let uh, let's get the let's get that answer going quick because i mean dalvin cook for Brees hall straight up it is like a uh i don't think anybody's taking that if they had the 101 in dynasty mm-hmm. this year um only because these these draft whores like I am myself, you know, I really enjoy having the picks. I enjoy having the power. I usually trade my picks <clears throat> just because I also am a trade whore. You know what I mean? I do like trading uh, picks, but you know, he, he, he seems to be, Oh no, not no comments yet. He's probably on a delay, but without any running backs and I'll give him a second to answer. Even if he has no picks, I mean, the the pre uh, pre combine and even post combine, um, 
He said, my team, but the team is bad. He's traded all the picks. The team is bad. Still not answering the running backs uh, question on his team. My whole idea is outside of Brees Hall, I don't know that I would even be targeting anybody in this draft. To me, I feel like, why don't you go after a team that potentially uh, would get the 101 next year, which is you, right? Which sounds like it might be you. So if you already are going to be, I would stack next year's pick. I'm I'm kind of getting out of this draft class. You know, yeah. I've I've heard a lot of analysts talk about how this draft class is very similar to 2013, where your number one quarterback off of the board was EJ Manuel. Okay. I mean, people remember that it was horrendous. Okay. Tyler yeah. Eifert was like a top 12 overall pick. Okay, look, here we go. He's got Melvin Gordon, Madison. Uh, after that's not worth mentioning, keep Dalvin. Oh Cook. yeah, keep him. Okay, keep him. That, oh my gosh, that's bad. There's, I mean, you you can always build in receivers. You can always build. There's there's plenty of receivers. There's not enough running backs. Okay, mm-hmm. and you just don't know where Dalvin Cook is going or what's going to be happening with him. Thielen, Mike Evans, Amari, Marvin Jones. I mean, a Mike Evans, Amari. They're older, but you they're they're staples. You can you can sign it up. This team was clearly a Minnesota team, okay? Because they yeah, got right. Elon and Cook. <laughs> this guy's a homer. But no, I mean, with no picks, you got one running back, two wide receivers. I would hang out. I would hang out. Yeah, you, you, you think would. so too, Steezy? No, that, definitely, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, and he has an Alexander Madison. And so we do know that Dalvin Cook is going to miss, what, three, four games, two to three games. You have his handcuff. He's arguably the best handcuff in all of fantasy football. And so, yeah, by all means, because, I mean, after that, he has Melvin Gordon, who's not even on a team right now. And so outside of that, you got no running backs. Hold on to him. Yeah, hold on to him. He says, I, I have no picks till 2024, which – No, 2023 is the, picks? Is the worst – it's okay. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's it's the worst thing you could ever have happen, Steezy. This this is the worst orphan wow. team to take <laughs> They must have paid your entry fee for the next couple years. I That's would sure, not think of, bro. <laughs> I would sure hope so. Um, in that case, here's the thing: if you're really trying to blow up your team, put Dalvin on the put Dalvin on the. He says LMFAO. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like that was a band back when I was in the 13. No, <laughs> I think it was. Um, but no, I mean, if you're really trying to blow your team up, uh, I would say I would go and look for what Mike Evans can give you or Amari can give you because Amari's a hot name right now. I mean, uh, Amari went for a first round overall pick in my dynasty draft last year. Um, so you might be able to get a one. Okay, and there's a lot of value down in the draft in the first round, early second round this year. So maybe somebody will give you a little more for Amari. I would keep Dalvin. Maybe Dalvin has an incredible year this year, re-cements the idea that he's a top five overall running back, and then boom, you can go off and trade him. Or mid-season. I mean, maybe mid-season he's got a three-touchdown game four weeks in. Boom. You know, if you want to off somebody, then off them for, you know, valuable players, not draft picks who you might be able to screw them off anyway. I mean, we all drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the first round a couple years ago. He's still hanging on by a thread, right? Okay, back to this, Steezy. Traylon Burks, you're going to say if he gets drafted by the Cowboys, you're drafting him as your first wide receiver. You don't like London to the Jets. It's poo-poo. You don't like Garrett Wilson to the Commanders. That's poo-poo. What about Olave to the Eagles? I mean, a lot of people have the Eagles getting a wide receiver because they just aren't happy with what they have there outside of Devontae Smith. But Mm – 
I don't, I mean, Traylon Burke seems to fit in Philly more than Olave does because it seems like Olave is kind of a Devontae Smith player. What if Traylon Burks go to Philly instead of Dallas? Would you still say Traylon? Nah, not at all. And again, this goes back to what I was saying about, you know, it's all dependent on, on destination, locale, quarterback, and whatnot. I feel like in Philly, I like Jalen Hurts. You know, I definitely think he's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. We all know he's a rock star in the fantasy world, but not only is there a Devontae Smith, you still have a Dallas Goddard who Jalen Hurts loves to throw to. That's one of his favorite targets, if not his most favorite target. With the Traylon Burks, I just don't know if, if Jalen Hurts is the sort of guy that you'd want to trust at quarterback as it pertains to his fantasy value moving forward. And remember, this is a run-heavy offense. I mean, they led the league in rushing last year to the tune of, what was it, 160 yards a game? And, and so... I just outside of a Goddard and a Devontae Smith, I don't care what rookie they bring in. Let's say they land a Drake London. I, I think his value or I think where he ranks amongst the other rookie wide receivers, it's going to crater. And so going to Philadelphia, I think that's almost a death sentence. Okay, so Philly, like you said, three picks in the first round. Uh, they really would have their choice of who who they would want if Burks fell because it would be no one's got Olave going that high. So it would be yeah. Burks, Olave, Dotson. But it seems like they have soured, not soured, not completely soured on Jalen Hurts. But with all the talk that they might trade up, they might do this, Jalen Hurts might be a part of it. I mean, if they want to come up for Malik Willis to the Seahawks, I'll take Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. If, if they want to move up, give us Jalen Hurts, and we'll move back, you know, maybe some other little sprinkle bits in there. I'll take Jalen Hurts to the Seahawks. I'll be happy with that. Oh, bro, 100%. I mean, when we saw Pete's press conference, right, he was talking about doubling down on his philosophy. And so if he wants to do that, what better way to do that than by bringing in a quarterback who's going to contribute to the ground game himself? He's going to contribute about 70 to 80 yards rushing, if not more, just himself. And, and that's without the ground game. And so I'm all for that. Yeah. All right, Steezy, here it is, the finale of the first episode of the Steez Show. Here we are. We It's interesting. We landed on QB because here, here it comes. The QB carousel in the NFL this year is hot. Okay, it's really oh, hot. But in a draft where the QBs stink, okay, and I wouldn't say they stink. It's just not as much high-end power, but count it. Atlanta, Carolina, Seahawks, Commanders, Minnesota Vikings are a sneak team to draft a QB, even though they just paid Kirk Cousins 35. Houston, I mean, they've got Davis Mills. They've got a lot of draft picks now, so they could potentially be going up to get one of these guys. New Orleans, Detroit Lions, all in the first round needing a QB. So before we get there to what they might be doing, do you think Baker Mayfield – is worth a first round pick to any of these teams to go and 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 maybe have a jump start somewhere else. Excuse my language, but hell no. Damn. No. Even the best version of a Baker Mayfield, I feel like does not warrant a first round pick. Um, and especially when you consider the fact that the I mean, he has all the leverage in the world. You know, we all know he's gonna be shipped out of town. Everybody knows that Cleveland is not gonna keep him as a backup to Deshaun Watson. And everybody knows that he's kind of been the guy that's been holding this team back, right? I think he's an above-average quarterback in the NFL, but I think he's still kind of holding this team back, you know, because they have 
I think, a roster ready to win now. And, and yes, he's gotten them a playoff victory, which I did give him credit for. But I think at the end of the day, he's holding them back from their highest of ceilings. And so a first-round pick, no. Second-round pick, not even that. Third-round pick, I'd be a little hesitant. And you also have to consider the fact that He's on the last year of his contract. He's 27 years old, too. So he's a little bit older than, you know, most quarterbacks coming off the rookie deals. And what, he wants to be paid $30 plus million a year? I'm not paying that. But if I did have a need at quarterback and he was literally the only option left, then I'd be willing to trade a late third, a fourth rounder, knowing that I had to give him an extension, knowing that he's 27, knowing that he's held his teams back before, knowing that he's had, you know, injury issues and, and, and interception issues and locker room issues. The most I'm giving up is a third or a fourth. Man, that just seems so low. I mean, I understand that he has all these negatives that are potentially against him, but if you put him in a dome, that's just all I'm trying to say. It's like you get a lot of QBs that just don't play well outside, you know, and that's that's okay. You know, Kenny Pickett is one of those guys where uh, it, you can't really apparently go back to his tape and it, it, probably two years ago where you have to go back um, to a couple games that he played in the rain and whatnot because his hands are small, right? But you see it. It's there. I mean, the ball starts slipping out. He's got a lot of lost fumbles because he's got little hands in them bad weather, okay? But Baker Mayfield doesn't – I mean, he played in horrendous weather. I mean, Cleveland's not known for a a a stadium, a field that doesn't – that is friendly to quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Atlanta with 207, right? Uh, I don't know if they got the second pick. I'm just going by the draft order. But Atlanta inside, right? Uh, the Saints inside, you know, with 218. You know, that seems to me like why wouldn't they take a shot on him? Josh, like I said, Josh Rosen, second round. You know, Sam Darnold, second round. So even if you don't pay Baker, you take him for a second rounder. You know, I mean, I just feel like, why not? He could come in, he could have a good season. And then all of a sudden you'd want to pay him. And even if he had a good season, you would still almost own a little bit of leverage on him because it's more about what other teams will pay when you're trying to re-sign him. Even if he had a good year, that means that you would be the only team willing to give him the the contract that he thinks he's worth. So you could probably leverage it and say, well, hey, listen, man, there's not another team that even wanted to pay a second round for you last year. And you weren't necessarily coming off a great season. You come here, maybe you win six games, seven games. You're not coming out, you know, unless they go out there, win 10 games, and he's the next face of the franchise, which we all don't think is going to happen. I just think that a second round pick is probably worth it. Um, considering what you potentially could get. He's like you said, he's only 27. I mean, he was drafted number one overall. You know what I mean? Like he's got the potential to do something great. It's crazy to me that the Browns drafted him when they did. I was just thinking, man, you just had this issue. Like you drafted Johnny Manziel. Like it, he's Johnny Manziel 2.0, just like a better dude. Right. But he looks and plays the exact same way. So why the heck would you do that? So I just, I didn't get it, but Baker Mayfield, you don't think it's worth a one. So that's okay. That's okay. What QB do you like in the draft? And where do you think that he lands that might make it make things kind of heat up a little bit for you with some of these QBs? 
Where do I think Baker's going to land? No, in, in the draft. These these rookie Oh, you're talking about the rookies. Okay. Yeah. What who is your favorite? And I wouldn't say favorite. I mean, who who is some of the QBs you like? And where do you think they might land? It actually might turn this class around a little bit. Cuz like I said, the class kind of stinks. People don't like it. Mm-hmm. Hey, bro, I, I got to ride with my guy Malik Willis. I mean, I think off the rip, he's he could be the next Lamar Jackson. I know he needs a lot of development and, and refinement, especially as a passer. He's raw. He's a project. I understand. Lacks touch. Uh, he lacks accuracy, ball placement, or whatnot. But when you just look at that cannon of an arm, when you just look at his athletic, his physical upside, what he brings to the table, his leadership abilities, his intangibles, I, I think if developed properly in the right system, in the right team, he could easily be the best quarterback in his class. Now, as far as the destinations that could potentially optimize his performance and his potential, I think that list is few and far in between. You know, I don't think there's too many teams out there that are within reach of taking a Malik Willis that could, you know, develop him properly. Because I'd like him on the Steelers, but like I said with Mitchell Trubisky, I don't know if they have the coaching staff to be able to to really optimize his potential. I think maybe going back home, you know, with an Arthur Smith over there in Atlanta, I know he is somewhat of an offensive genius. He was able to to kind of lead the Falcons to an overachieving season last year. I think he'd be a very intriguing fit in Atlanta going back home. He has an offensive-minded head coach, no expectations. They have a need at quarterback. I think he'd thrive over there. A dome. And I'm, in, a, in a dome as well, right? Um, I think – see, I'm not saying we have the guys to, to accelerate his – his growth and development as well. But I think it's Seattle, maybe a year or two. I mean, throwing to a DK, a Lockett, a Fence, you know, Carson, Penny, an improved offensive line, improved defense. I, I think that could do, that could work wonders for his value. I mean, like I said, he could be a Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts type off the rip. I mean, even if he's not going to contribute much in the passing game because he's a little bit limited in that regard, I mean, rushing upside is going to be tremendous. And, and so I think Seattle, Atlanta, he would thrive in. But a quarterback I absolutely love, Malik Willis. Malik Willis, yep, that's that's a nice one. You know, I I'm going to the draft this year, um, Ooh, and I really, sign. yeah, I really hope that getting there, I see Malik Willis turn into a Seahawk and pick nine. I think that we really are the franchise, the team for a guy like Malik Willis, a guy who is really kind of like a blue chip prospect. You know, he's not necessary. I mean, he's only, he's only the QB one in this class because he has rushing upside and Mm -hmm. he showed that at the, the college level. I mean, outside of that, Kenny Pickett was number one overall coming into the draft um, pre combine. And, and I just think that, the Seahawks did it with Russell Wilson. You know, now we didn't have to pay a first round for Russell Wilson. And and back then you weren't going to do it just because the player was short. Well, now it's like Liberty's a small school, right? Not necessarily super small, but I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't lighting the whole entire world on fire up until about a week before the combine, then maybe two weeks before the combine. And then once a fantasy analyst got a hold of him because of his rushing upside now he's number one overall now he's the top qb in the draft and i would like to see it but you're right i think atlanta would be a really good fit for him because even if you let him play this year your team's not getting back to anything until next year and he needs some time he's in a dome he's in a good organization which the atlanta falcons 
apparently knew about the Calvin Ridley thing uh, before. So and and chose not to trade him because they were going to deal with it in in office before. And and you have always known that organization to be a great organization. I just think he would fit really well there. I don't like him in Carolina. I don't know why. Just don't. I just don't like it. I, I would like to see Jimmy G go to Carolina and actually just give that offense a little bit of a, a stabilization. You know, they have really been needing that for a long time. And I really feel like there's offensive weapons in Carolina that can turn around and, and do something really good with the, just a stable quarterback, not a Sam Darnold, not a Cam Newton, you know, something like that. So Steezy, thank you very much for joining me today. Where can everybody find you and, and watch your content one more time? Yes, sir. Hey, Matt, this has been a true pleasure, bro. Uh, I, I loved being on. This was fun. Um, but to everybody out there, to all the viewers, thank you. Thank you so much. Please subscribe to and follow at the Flex Network, all social media pages. And once you go do that, then you can be sure to find me at A Smith. Handle is going to be right down here. S-T-E-E-Z-Y-A-S-M-I-T-H. Uh, primarily on YouTube, but I have been working on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all that to kind of build my following on there as well. But before you do that, again, at the Flex Network, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. I had a blast, bro. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, this is the first episode of the Steve Show. Hopefully we do this many times uh, again yeah. because it's all work getting towards what we're trying to do here. But for Steezy A. Smith, I am Flex Matt. You can catch us at the Flex Network 1. We will see you again. This is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. This right here is the Flex Network. Yeah. Ooh.